This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today, we maliciously comply with some terribly incompetent management. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, schedule me for evening shift? Make certain you know what you're doing. A couple of recent stories reminded me of something that happened way back when. I was a teenager and had a job at a hotel as a busboy in a coffee shop. We had about 95 seats, and on a Saturday and Sunday we would do about 400 covers. It was busy, but I was good. Afternoon, things would slow down, so I would jump into the dish pit and help them catch up. One Sunday, the back of house manager and the general manager were having lunch, and they called me over. They asked me to take the next Saturday's evening shift in the dish pit. I reminded them that the weekends were pretty busy and they would have a problem if I wasn't bussing on breakfast. They told me they would get someone to cover bussing, but they really needed me in the dish pit that Saturday night. I agreed, but told them that I would need to leave at 11pm on the dot, as I relied on public transit to get home and there was no way I could work late. They said, no problem, and we had a deal. I showed up at 3pm to absolute chaos. Guess who they had covering bussing? That's right, the dishwasher. The pit was absolutely stacked with dishes. And then I found out why they needed me on that shift. Banquets in the coffee shop used the same glassware, plates, and cutlery, and there was a massive banquet going on upstairs. When I got there, the line cook and the banquet crew were going nuts, prepping and setting up tons of centerpieces, plate settings, that sort of thing. We had busing carts, and the banquet crew was loading them up and running them up the elevators to the banquet hall. It was pandemonium. The back of house manager kept yelling at me, I need more forks right now, and I was fishing through the dozens of bus bands from day shift, trying to get him the stuff he needed. It took a while, but I managed to do it for him. I took it with a grain of salt since he was actually a pretty good guy, just stressed to the max. Finally, the banquet stuff all went upstairs and I could clear the backlog. It took me until about 8pm, then nothing. There was about 400 people attending this banquet, and occasionally I would see a member of the banquet team come down, and I would ask them where the dish carts were. These guys treated me like crap and snapped that they would bring them down when they had a chance. Sure enough, it was about 10pm when the parade of banquet bozos started wheeling cart after cart of dirty dishes in by the pit. There were tons of them, 30 or 40 at least, and none of the bus tubs were sorted. It was all just tossed in. They weren't even scraped into the trash. There were leftover foods on lots of the plates. Just before 11pm, I see the back of house manager talking to his crew and I went up to him. I was really pissed off. What the heck am I supposed to do here, I asked, gesturing to the carts. Wash the darn things, he snapped back. I said, there's no time, I leave in 15 minutes, remember? They say, well, you'll just have to stay late. I said, I can't, I have a bus to catch. If I miss it, I miss my connection, and that's the last bus. So, no, I'm leaving, and I told you that last week. He starts getting irate, and I just took off my apron and left without a word. 
The next weekend, I arrive for my busboy shift and I get called into the general manager's office. The back of house manager was there and the general manager is asking me why I abandoned the dish pit in such chaos. As it turns out, nobody on the banquet crew would work the pit and in the morning, there was nowhere near enough dishware and cutlery for the coffee shop. The dishwasher they had covering took one look at the heck in the back and quit on the spot. They had to close the coffee shop and lost out on a ton of money. I just looked at them and reminded them that when I said I would take the dish pit for that shift, that I would be leaving on time. It's not my fault the banquet crew didn't start bringing down the carts until after 10pm. The general manager looked at the back of house manager and asked him what time they served the meals. 6pm. He said, so you're telling me that your crew took over three hours to roll the dishes back downstairs and you didn't do anything about it? What the heck were they doing? Why didn't you assign one or two to push the carts? Then I pointed out that all the carts weren't sorted and that the plates weren't even scraped. The back of house manager gave me the stink eye and the general manager excused me and said to head down to the coffee shop and pick up the busing. The following weekend, I came in and there was a big notice targeted at the banquet guys. All bus pans were to contain only one item, one pan for dinner plates, one pan for side plates, one pan for glassware, another for cutlery. All dishes were to be in the dish pit no later than 15 minutes after being pulled from the table. All plates were to be scraped of excess food waste before going in the pan. The banquet crew were pissed that they actually had to do their jobs and the back of house manager was pissed that a lowly busboy slash dishwasher put him in the hot seat. They never asked me to take an evening shift again. I mean, it's a great malicious compliance story, but it's all so unnecessary. They needed to just, you know, do their jobs. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, it's not that I can't play chess... It's that I don't choose to play chess. I originally posted this over in Entitled People, and it was suggested that this also might fit here. So, I learned to count because I wanted to play cards with my brother. He was 10 years older than me, and I thought that the world revolved around him. Because my father was narcissistic, it wasn't until years later that I realized what a positive male role model he was. My brother was games-obsessed. We would play hands of rummy that went on for weeks, game after game of Monopoly that lasted months. When I got to 8, I had the chance to join the school chess club, so the summer before, I begged him to teach me to play chess. It was then that I discovered that most chess players out in the wild like to take time pondering their moves. Me, I like to play a game, finish it, learn from it, and then play another. For me, it was quantity and quality that taught me. By the time the year was out, I had a decent ranking in the school chess league, but my heart wasn't in it. I put my chess set away and focused on playing blackjack with my brother. It seemed that my knack with numbers and a mild case of synesthesia, where number cards have personalities, made me a natural, and I loved the game. We also played a version of Whist, where we would bid on tricks, and these became our go-to games. As time went on, I would avoid playing chess because it just didn't grab me. If asked by anyone, I'd say, no, I don't play. Then came the day when a boyfriend wouldn't take no for an answer. This guy had the biggest chip on his shoulder, so much so that it caused a permanent stoop. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I had self-financed my further education, but I had managed to do that because your social class gave you all the breaks. I'd got a good job through working hard, but that was because your social class gave you all the breaks. I got promotions through self-financed study in my own time, but that was because your social class gave you all the breaks. You get the idea. So he decides that he is a chess champion. He was undiscovered because, you guessed it, his social class as a child had stopped him. He comes down for the weekend with a chess set so he could sit and study the board. He asked me if I played chess, and I gave my standard answer. I know how to, but I don't play chess. While this must have eaten away at him, here was an opportunity for him to show his superiority to me by beating me at chess. He had been beating all of his friends, now he could wipe the floor with me. On and on he went at me about playing a game. I kept saying that I don't play chess but he wouldn't let it go. In the end, I gave in. He sets the board up and announces that he'll be white. Yep, you don't do that, but I just wanted it over. He starts, standard opening. Game goes as predicted for the first few moves. Now, as I said, I'm a quite competent chess player. I just don't like all the humming and awing and so on. I find it a bit pretentious. I'm not a great player, so I never took it to the level where timed moves would have made it more fun, but I had studied a number of games as part of a chess club, and because they have great visual retention, these things stayed. A few moves further, and I can see what he's trying to do. It's a standard gambit, played it a number of times. About 10 moves in, and I'm bored. I'm really, really, really bored. It's 40 minutes. I'm moving a piece immediately, he's doing all the things I hate. So I stop concentrating and start moving pieces by instinct. And you got it. I sacrifice a piece and I can see the gloating on his face. He thinks he's got me. He checks me. Two moves later and I've put him in mate. He throws the board and pieces across the room. He says, you said you can't play chess. I said, no, I said I didn't play chess, not that I couldn't. He says, well, if you don't like playing chess, you should have let me win. I said, that's not how it works. He says, I deserve to win. I said, that's still not how it works. I dumped him a few years later and have now been with my hubby for nearly 20 years. He was 36 at the time. This man was 36 getting that frustrated over this chess game. You can just tell that this guy had not accomplished anything in their lives that they had wanted to. Why else be that hung up about it? This next story is, being an engineer is freaking based when your management is incompetent. I'm a factory automation engineer with companies like Tesla on my resume. At my current factory job, shortly after I joined the company, I solved a problem that one of our processes had been having for literally the entire 20 years this factory had been standing. 
because my specific educational focus in engineering school was centered around exactly the kind of problem this process was having. I had the permission from my direct supervisor and production management to implement the fix for this specific factory line. The other lines were running well enough without it that I didn't feel it was necessary to apply it across the factory. It was just this one line that ran like crap for whatever reason. So I fixed the problem I saw. I did this for about 6 months and managed to fix problems with literally dozens of different processes across the factory. All the while, I had no idea that there was a rule determined by our corporate engineering manager that all factory processes had to run on the same set of control parameters, and that we were forbidden from changing the parameters that I'd been running around changing. I didn't know this was a rule, and I never thought to consider that it might be a rule, because it's an absolutely stupid rule, because process controls are supposed to be tuned individually to the equipment they're controlling. Every piece of industrial hardware is slightly different, even when the equipment is ostensibly identical. Without getting too technical, things like electric motors have subtle variations in windings that make them respond differently to current flowing through them. Heating units have slightly different thermal mass and other properties that make them heat up a little faster or slower. The automated controls for those processes have to use slightly different control parameters to account for these subtle differences in equipment. But apparently, the manager read about corporate standardization in a book somewhere and decided that every line across all of our factories needed to run the same controller constants. He had spent years in his own factory forcing his technicians to find a single set of parameters that worked across all his lines. Apparently he managed to find a set of parameters that didn't cause the equipment to catch fire, so in his infinite wisdom, he had spent the last 5 or 6 years shoving that mandate up the butt of all his technicians and subordinate engineers, so that he could report to his bosses that he'd been putting the hammer down standardizing our processes. So in his eyes, I was freaking up the whole factory by tuning those controller constants to match the hardware they were running on. After trying to explain that's not how any of this works, and getting about as far as that old lady in the commercial, I acquiesced to the manager's very explicit and stern demands to put everything back exactly the way it was supposed to be. I barely managed to avoid being fired on the spot by apologizing profusely for my mistake because I didn't realize that there was a standard in place. So when scrap and quality rejects at our factory doubled in a single week and we lost about 70 hours of uptime because of jammed up processes at a cost of about $10,000 per hour in lost productivity, there was suddenly a big meeting demanded by corporate to come yell at us for costing the company about 2 million bucks in one week between all the increased scrap and downtime. At that meeting, I explained exactly the changes that I'd been making to the processes over the course of the previous six months. I had charts from our historian for every single process before I made my original changes, after I made the changes, and after I was compelled under threat of losing my job to revert all the changes I made back to the original parameters. I got the opportunity to explain to that engineering manager's boss that homogenizing code and standardizing processes is a good idea on the whole, but that there are specific equipment parameters that need to be tuned individually for each process they're running on. 
and that these parameters often need to be retuned if something about the process changes in a way that affects the performance of that process, such as changes in materials or natural wear and tear on components. And I explained that while one factory was able to find a set of parameters that worked across all their lines without causing catastrophic failures, most of those lines were actually performing quite sluggishly. And I demonstrated using our own plant's data how similarly performing lines at our factory before my changes dramatically improved yield and uptime when the processes were tuned individually. The corporate engineer manager got fired and I got 40% of my annual salary as a bonus this year, along with everyone at my plant getting maxed out bonuses because of how well the plant performed this year. I just don't understand how you can have this high-tech equipment and then say, no, you can't individually optimize each one. I mean, what really did they expect? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of malicious compliance, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 